0: Gang, I want to tell you about legendary Austin photographer Todd V. Wolfson. Over the last 30 years, his work has appeared in such publications as Rolling Stone, People Magazine, Cream Magazine. He's shot 140 Austin Chronicle covers. He's won Best Photographer in Austin five times. He's shot such greats as Gary Clark Jr., Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimmy Vaughan, Patty Griffin, Kelly Willis, Charlie Sexton, Spoon, Frank Zappa, John Doe, Daniel Johnston, me, and so many more. So, if you're a band or an artist looking for new photos for promotion or album art, or you're an actor looking for headshots, or a family looking for portraits, or a model looking for new photos, or you're looking for new photos for your business or restaurant, or maybe you want intimate boudoir photos, look no further than Todd V. Wolfson. You can find him at toddvwolfsonphotography.tumblr.com or at Wolfson at gmail.com. That's Todd V. Wolfson, legendary Austin-based photographer. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here. I know you have a lot of choices out there, and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me, so thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second, and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. johnny i'm your host welcome to the show i hope you guys all had a good holiday weekend whatever it is you did this holiday weekend whatever it is that you celebrate i hope you had a merry christmas or whatever it is that you celebrate i hope it was happy i hope you got to spend it with people you love and and having a good time i had a really good one it was a different one it was a a broke tradition for sure uh friday and saturday i played shows with skyrocket friday we played in san antonio at sam's great show uh saturday at uh at mercer mercer dance hall in dripping springs great show great place too man i had a really nice time playing out there it was a fun fun show and people were really uh it was interesting because people were bringing family and they were like coming up like oh hey you know i've been telling these guys about you for years they finally got to come out and see you tonight so it was kind of like a family nights shows they were very fun a lot of people i think we broke the attendance record for ourselves at Sam's. I think we had the most people we've ever had there at a show, which was great. So, uh, yeah, fun weekend of music. However, uh, every year, uh, at on New Year's, uh, sorry, Christmas Eve, that's the big night in my family. We all go to dinner. My It uh, used to be the cousins all spent the night there on the 23rd. And then the 24th, we all got up and hung out all day. And then we made this great dinner together. And then everyone did their own thing on Christmas Day. So pretty much my whole life, I've been doing Christmas Eve at my grandma's house. And sadly, on my way out to Mercer to play this show on Saturday, I got the call from one of my aunts. We had too many COVID people. Too many COVIDs. People were dropping off with the COVID this last week with my family, my grandma, uh, two of my aunts, one of my cousins, all these people have COVID, we're, we're canceling Christmas. Traditional Christmas was broken. My first one, I didn't even know what to do. However, I was really tired, ended up having a great time, got to see some uh, some people I'm close to anyway, spent some time with some cousins too, and, uh, and also just spent a lot of time with Rosie doing stuff. And it was a beautiful, beautiful, like, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day were just gorgeous here. So we just ran around and did stuff all day, hung out with the, uh, with my cousin and, uh, and just had a really nice weekend. Yeah. So it was a wonderful holiday, even though I didn't get to do the traditional things. I did, uh, spend some time doing some painting. Uh, leading up to Christmas because I did some paintings for some people in my family and I kind of started hitting this thing that I'm I'm into which is kind of based on like I don't know if you guys know Mark Rothko the, the artist amazing artist beautiful very subtle kind of uh, you know two colors or just one single color sometimes on a on a on a canvas there's a beautiful place in Houston called the Rothko Chapel that when I lived there I spent a lot of time there I actually used to go there a lot uh, on acid with my friends, you know how you always have that one friend that can drive on acid. I, I had that guy in Houston. His name was Chris. So we, <laughs> that was one of our. When we did acid during the day, the Rothko Chapel was one of our stops. The Rothko, which is by the Manil Art Gallery too, so it was like an art thing. There's, you go into this chapel, get your meditation on, you know, start feeling the power of of this man's paintings in this beautiful room and this beautiful area. And then make your way over to the Manila. Look at some other art. Get a little freaked out. Start stepping out of the Rothko vibe. Anyway, <laughs> that my my paintings were inspired by Rothko. But basically, that was my my holiday weekend, and it was fucking great. Even though I, it was, you know, I missed tradition. I did spend four days or five days at my grandma's last week, and it was great. And I'll be there this weekend for New Year's. Oh, guys! Before I let you go, uh, or before I introduce today's guest skyrocket is playing this friday december 29th at 310 acl live here in austin and we are playing new year's eve at last concert cafe in houston so uh if you want to get tickets to those shows these are going to be super fun shows we love playing at 310 acl live our friend kevin lance will be uh, our special guest on drums at night as our darren will not be there for the show so it's always fun with kevin we do a little bit different of a set uh 310 is a great place to see the band because we have those videos going on the whole time and their screen is so awesome and vivid so it's an exciting exciting night for us come on out and celebrate with us this friday december 29th at 310 ACL live and of course on new year's eve at uh at last concert cafe in houston texas if you want to get tickets to those go to skyrockettheband.com look at our show dates or tour dates or where at whatever it's called and uh, click on there, and you can get tickets for those shows. All right? Gang, I have a great show for you guys today. A dear old friend of mine that I've been wanting to get on the show for a long, long time. And he was going to come on when I had uh, Richard Weimark and Greg Beats on the show talking about a curious mix of people. Because uh, my guest today is part of that whole thing. My guest today is musician extraordinaire. He's known as the bass player of Gomez and Sincola. Chepo Pena, that's my guest. Fantastic dude. Amazing artist as well. He comes from a family of artists. His dad, Amado Pena, is this huge artist uh, that you might know. His work depicting uh, Native American life in, uh, in, this, in the American Southwest. Anyway, Chepo is an amazing artist on his own. Not only is he a musician, but he is a visual artist. He does tons of posters, poster art, and all this kind of stuff for people. He also did the artwork for the book, A Curious Mix of People. and he's, he, I think the book was his idea. I think that was that he wanted to do this documentary and then they ended up bringing Greg in and making it into a book. But I believe the whole thing came from Chepo. So we were going to have him on that show, but he wasn't able to make it. And I was like, well, you deserve your own show. Come on in here. Let's talk about this. Chepo's played with tons and tons of people. I actually just played with them a few years ago. Um, my friend Richard Weiss has a band. I think it's called Recovering. And they do. Uh, they were doing a special show at... The Long Center for the Alamo Draft House. It was in the middle of summer. It was very very hot. The show, but uh, I had a great time playing with Chepo at that point. I've also uh, he's also played with my friend Debbie Garza in the '90s and early 2000s. He played with them. A great great band. Great musician. Great friend. Awesome person. Like we get into some deep stuff, you know. Uh, Chepo had a bout with cancer, I believe, like ten years, nine or ten years ago, and um, he he's still doing good. He's still in the clear. He's still doing well. He's still very grateful. He's a dad now. He's super into that. He's still an amazing artist. I don't know if you guys ever checked out his Star Wars EA cards that he put out in 2008. But you can find all this stuff by going to Chepo.net. And his bands Gomez and Sincola. Remember that song Bitch from the 90s? If you lived here, that was a K-NAC. Uh, uh, that was a staple on k radio. Yeah. I love Chepo, man. He's half Cuban, half Mexican. So we have that in common. I'm Cuban and I lived in Mexico and I love the Mexican people. But uh, Chepo and I have a great conversation. This was a great time to sit down and really get to know him. And uh, I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Oh, really quick before we go. He's playing. If you live in Austin. Sorry. Sorry, guys. If you live in Austin on New Year's Eve, uh, Chepo will be playing at Hotel Vegas doing a set of Devo music. There's people doing different sets of different different artists out at Hotel Vegas this New Year's Eve. He will be in the Devo band. So get out there and check that out. I think he's the singer of the Devo band. So get out there and check that out. So also, gang, sorry for the interruption and unprofessional intro, but... Without further ado, this is one of my favorite people in all of Austin music and one of my favorite people around. A guy that I wish I saw more and really glad I got to sit down and talk to. This is me and Ch- Chepo Peña chatting it up. Let's get down. What was that gig that we played? At, um, at the, the Long Center? The Long Center. It was
1: Guardians of the Galaxy. We did one of the soundtracks because I guess the sequel was coming out. Okay. Or okay. no, no, the, it wasn't the sequels coming out. They did the outdoor screening. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Because um, we had done that with Richard a couple times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You play with him, don't you? Richard? Yeah. Yeah, when, when he does those kinds of things, like he has a theme thing. Uh, not in his, I mean, he has some solo stuff that he recorded, but I never, uh, but just like, I mean, like Chris and Phil and uh, Adam played with him a lot. And then when he needed an extra, you know, I just came in. He's He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. I really like playing with him. And those guys, those guys are my core that I play in all sorts of stuff with. Yeah. Or they used to be, I don't play very much anymore.
0: Chris, and I'm drawing a blank on her husband's name for some... Phil. D- Phil, what, yeah. those guys are great. They're so cool. They're in a friend of mine's... Uh, uh yacht rock band yeah I to go see them. yeah dude they're fucking badass dude you know what was horrible was i you know you don't get a lot of saturday nights off and so i went there i was having cocktails on that porch and fried calamari like i love seafood on a porch and cocktails and watching a band play like that's amazing to me mm-hmm. um and it started raining <laughs> like at the end of the first set that's, like, I could see them all, like, looking, and I turned around, and there was this black cloud of rain coming, and the gig was over.
1: Oh, man. So, anyway. They have that, all, they've had that a lot, I had to cancel stuff. And, but they play, is it The Boat? Yeah, The Boat. The Boat. Yeah. Who's, is your friend, is it David
0: or Heath? Heath. Heath. Yeah. I've never met him. But He's they, a really nice guy. Super talented, man. Yeah, those like, guys are.
1: Whoa. That's why, I mean, Chris and Phil are busy all the time. I don't know how they do don't it. Don't they work, too? phil works oh yeah krista's work too yeah she took some time off for a little bit but yeah yeah i mean they work they've got a child who's you know she's excuse me they are like a lot older now but um yeah it's just crazy we have to really schedule for the whole month like it's not like okay guys when can you jam next week after price like okay we're gonna do the 12th or 15th you know and because they got to volley all the different bands and stuff Freaking incredible yeah
0: I imagine having them in your band would kind of suck for the yeah you have as a killer f- rehearsal place yeah that's where we practiced that time it, it does as far as like being real
1: tied to a schedule but you know that's the only thing I mean everything else is just they're just so
0: good and yeah they're, they're really good Oof. before we move on from that gig at the Long Center uh, which by the way was a joy to get to play with I was excited to get that was to play with the first with you. time mm-hmm. didn't we, we well we did probably before?
1: played on stage with David yeah, sometimes but some you know
0: it wasn't four or anything. Um, you were an X-wing fighter. Yeah, the, the underoos. Yeah, it the underoos yeah. with the helmet. That <laughs> was so amazing. <laughs> they
1: made underoos for adults. They knew their audience. Yeah, geniuses.
0: <laughs> I saw that uh, that book that that collector Star Wars collector's book that took your loteria cards. Yeah, stuff. that's awesome, man. That was that was like the ultimate.
1: Like, uh, just I mean. You can't get any better than that. That guy that wrote that has the biggest Star Wars collection in the world. He's like, and it, he is so big that they hired him to, at Lucasfilm to do fan relations and stuff. And he doesn't do it anymore, but.
0: Is he in like, one of those YouTube, th- not YouTube? Have you ever seen the Netflix show about the toys? The toys that made yeah, us? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah I think show. he's on that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, it's, it's amazing. So for like to be, he'd ordered them from me and I was like, oh, this is weird. And then I got a cease and desist. Like, A couple weeks later Uh, from Lucasfilm yeah not from him he was like yeah "Yeah, I was afraid that was gonna happen because it got passed around the office yeah and uh and it's weird that was before Disney now Disney is just they're kind of like as far as fan stuff they're a little more restrained really film yeah you would think they weren't I think uh, I don't know what it is but they don't go after fan art as much as they used to and stuff at least in my opinion experience like all the guys that copied that or did did their own loteria concept they all No problems.
0: Yours look great. You still sell them? No. Yeah, you can write. Like,
1: I have a a page (laughs) on my website that's like, and you can order one, but I don't sell. Nobody
0: hardly buys them anymore. But that was, I mean, that was 15 years ago or something? That was
1: Yeah, that was 2009 when I had my first show, art show. So, it's been a long time. And I've kind of come to terms with, like... Uh, at first, I thought I was getting ripped off left and right, you know, And but I've come to terms. It's like, oh, like I'm the only person in the whole planet Earth that has thought of that. No, you know, it's just it's that's it's just that that's the one that kind of went viral. And then some other guy saw it and was like, oh, that's cool. I would like to do my own version. And then it started being other guys doing their own versions, but they'd never seen mine. So, you know, it was like. It, it, at some point I was getting mad about it. And then I had to stop getting mad about it because it was a waste wasting time and emotions. And my dad was like, why are you getting mad? Like people copy me all the time. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And he, it say. doesn't
1: bother him, you know, it might have, yeah. but it, it, not at all. He kind of gave me a talking to. So did it stop bothering you? Do you just not talk
0: about how much it bothers you? No, <laughs> I just,
1: it stopped. Like the last time I saw something was a dude and, sinaloa is that a place in mexico wherever this cartel yeah. is big yeah and he he um i was like dude i did I, I just wanted you to know that i did this and let me show you some stuff he's like oh i've never heard of you and i was like okay you know he if he's lying he it's not my business to because like, right. to go it just i and i stopped like sending my internet friends after you know i'd come on facebook look at this, this guy's ripping me off, what the fuck? And and, and, and they'd be like, send nasty messages <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stuff. And then, you know, then, then me and the first artist kind of be, you know, I was like, we had a truce, but then one night, one night I was thinking about it and I lost it and I sent him a really nasty Facebook message <laughs> and and really nasty and and, and just no for not friends anymore <laughs> not you know now you know we we don't i i would harass him on some like if there was an art show and he would post his stuff i'd be like oh god look you know it's this guy and he'd be like someone forgot to take their meds and i thought that was kind of funny because yeah i probably did not take my meds that day but but now we're just like we don't
0: oh man i blame that shit on being cuban that's what you should do dude, i do it all the time cuban and mexican dude my okay. cousin just had a breakup with her boyfriend it was ugly as shit but like she like wrote the most eloquent email to his mom telling him what a shitty job she did oh my god it was unbelievable but it's all that like we have that thing like once once like the fire starts and you see red like i've been in therapy for fucking 22 years solid like i've taken time off but like to not be that guy yeah <laughs> It's like a crazy Chihuahua. It's it's <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a lifelong struggle for that. Uh, I mean, it's it's. Gotten I think bad. it's bred into us in our culture. Like Cuban people are fucking insane. Like they're insane, dude. We are insane. I don't want to be insane. I know, I know, but uh, they're
1: openly insane, yeah. crying, screaming. A lot of yeah. My my mother so emotional, like over anything, dude, anything.
0: Yes, I only date. <laughs> White ladies. Or not white ladies, just non-Hispanic women. <laughs> because I, like, seriously, like, call me racist, <laughs> but I have already so many of them in my life that I can't, like, live with one. See what I mean? Yeah. I, I, it I, sounds I, terrible.
1: No, I, 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 hey, I don't know many you, Hispanic if, girls. If you so know, I'm, you if, know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know my cousin Emily. She's insane. Emily. Emily Antonetti. You know her, right? Don't you? I don't know. I just feel like she runs in that world of of I don't of rocker people. Yeah, for you. No,
1: I you know we're older, so the memory isn't as good. But I I don't I don't think I do. I mean, if I saw a picture, yeah, you know, she's probably really pretty, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh,
0: that's her sitting with me in that picture. Pretty. That's a good twenty something
1: years ago. Yeah. No, I don't recognize her. But you're a pretty Cuban lady yeah please don't put any of this on
0: the podcast oh it's all on there (laughs) hi mom well it's it's all right. I mean if you want me to take it out I totally will I'm that kind of guy I take out whenever there's a Vallejo on here they say something about the other Vallejos and I get a call on the way home like hey dude take that thing out where I said my brother looks like a burnt firecracker (laughs)
1: Yeah, maybe some of the the, the <laughs> stuff about race and, and dating. Maybe
0: I say it on here all the time. It's not. I don't mean it bad. I love my race. I just don't want to date. Yeah, amen. Yeah, hey you know, everybody's so sensitive. Maybe I'm a These sexist. Days. Yeah. Um, I, dude, I have to say a couple of things. One yeah. of them is I love you, and I'm I'm so glad that you're finally doing this. <laughs> Second of all, amazing, like you were the catalyst for the curious mix of people. I, in a way. In a way, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was it approached. Like, and let's make a
1: doc. Yeah, well, Richard approached me about making a doc on, on the, the on 90s stuff. Richard and I was Weimark. Like, Richard yeah. Weimark. And I was like, okay, well, that's so broad. Let's kind of focus maybe on this, the punk, kind of punk stuff, because there's not a lot written, besides the Chronicles or Vanzines, but there's nothing that you, people now can go to look to learn about these bands the way that we could about big boys or, you know, the, the Reavers, that kind of stuff. Um, so we just kind of focused in on that. And I, you know, called a lot of my people that I was friends with and I was like, can can, you want to talk to us? You want to, and it took off for a while and then kind of other things came in. And I mean, we worked on that thing for like a long uh, time, a long time. I mean, it started in 2009 and then, you know, Richard got kind of sidetracked with good music club and, and, I got kind of tired of some of the feedback I was getting from people and I kind of just wanted to take a break. And then when you
0: could, can you say like, uh, you don't have to name names or anything, but like when you say that you, you were getting feedback from people, just, and you know, it, it wasn't a whiny bunch of group. Well, it wasn't like <laughs> even
1: ugly, like a lot of ugly stuff. I wasn't getting like, are oh, you stupid fuck? You know, yeah, it was well, like, yeah. uh, it was just like a lot of pressure to, Oh, man, if you don't, you know, you got to talk about this or you got to do this. And I was like, holy cow, this is just like a project I'm working on with with my friend and and somebody's telling me what story to tell or what you know what to talk about. And it just felt I'm very sensitive. So it felt a little uh, I, I didn't like the feeling that I had. And I, I, as we were talking about earlier, being re- reactive and that kind of thing, I'd get reactive. But it was just people being excited. But then there were people that like, oh, this person's not in this. From from like, we had like a trailer that came out right when we started. And, you know, they, of course, there was a lot of feedback on that. We had to turn the comments on YouTube off. And, <laughs> you know, it it, it, it it, just, you know. um, And then, the, you know, the pandemic happened. And, and, and there was just so much. I was like, you guys, I, I, I remember... Saying, you know, you should make this a book or something. I don't know. Maybe they have different stories. But I, I remember saying this would make a great book because I had just read, um, not Please Kill Me, but I had read The Other Hollywood, which was written by Legs McNeil, who wrote uh, Please Kill Me, which was the oral history of the porn industry. It's like 700 oh. pages long. I read it in like two days. It was so interesting it was an oral history like
0: yeah that. They, those are so fun to, there was one fun. about saturday night live one about mtv that's insanely that's good. amazing uh, i want my mtv yes amazing. I love that's that love that um there's one that my friend uh, that that greg beat said he was working with my friend tom de savia and john doe on a new book but they wrote a book that came out like six or seven years ago oh, yeah. about the punk scene in la
1: that was a good one too yeah. and is it the under the black sun yes or? exactly right exactly yeah right. yeah they're great and 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 did you ever know
0: de Savia? were you were you an so. ascap guy in the 90s ascap yeah did you get did you no. sign to ascap no we were it signed
1: to bug for about you know bmi for about five oh, minutes BMI, okay uh, i know the sincola i think was sincola was on B, did bmi but okay. uh gomez we were we half-assed everything we had labels calling us and all sorts of stuff and we were just like kids so we we're just like I don't know what to do. Do you know? So we would never call these people back or do anything. Was, in hindsight, it was very not smart,
0: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- there was such a, uh, we live in such a different time. Now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We live in such a different time. So a switch happened. Like I remember when, when, uh, we finished making our album and we were on, uh, the subsidiary of, of Electra. Yeah. And and they were, our publishing company, like Warner Chapel was like, hey, there's a phone sex company that wants to use your song about phone sex on their fucking commercial. Like, fuck you and fucking do that. And then, like, why didn't I do that? You know what I mean? Because then the switch switched, like two years later, that's the coolest thing you could do. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's well, the, you
1: just <laughs> didn't want to be known as the phone sex band, you know? I mean, I get it, but yeah, it's like, oh well, could have made some money from that yeah, yeah i have. wonder
0: how much money i could like what is wrong with me
1: also i mean uh, uh, let me backtrack on that like we didn't have internet like that much internet and so like what? Is you're not gonna go to
0: google and go phone sex band you know yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly it would exactly. kind of be a cult thing now but probably yeah Anyway, it is a different time. But, like, in that DIY thing, I could see how, like, it wasn't cool to call back. Like, you know, at one point, it, was, it wasn't cool to call back the record company to call in to give you a deal. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was weird
1: because on one hand, I was in this band Gomez, which was, like, you right. know, that kind of thing, punk as fuck or whatever. And then on the other hand, I was in Sincola, which was at the exact same time, which was, like, we wanted that. and yeah. and, and we got... Popular pretty fast yeah and and you know we had some offers from some labels, but we we took this Caroline, which yeah. was an awesome label that had whole misfits, bad brains, like all these great bands that i uh bands that you'd want to be on a label yeah with. yeah and and so you know we did that and and then we kind of made a bunch of bad decisions, like we were trying not to 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 we were trying to make money by you know having songs and movies and that kind of stuff and- uh but we made just a lot of bad, bad decisions, and and we tried to be a, demo, a real true democracy. That's,
0: that's fucking hard.
1: No, yeah. it, it just it, like we had this amazing singer, Rebecca Cannon. So amazing, beautiful girl. Yeah, just had this look, perfect '90s kind of thing. And and instead of kind of not uh, putting her at the front, we were very like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't want. We were worried that she would get all the credit for all the songs and like
0: the don't speak video. Yeah, you know yeah. All of a sudden, the bands in the background, they're blurry, yeah. chicks in the front, like smiling, and then all of a sudden, they're getting further and further back. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And
1: and and, and <laughs> in hindsight, we could have, if if we would have kind of focused her a little more, we would have been a lot more successful. But uh, in Austin, you know, obviously, like, we start being in the cover of The Chronicle and all yeah. this stuff, and, and then the, the backlash starts happening. Like, we were kind of... <laughs> Yeah, and that was, you know, that, that I remember one time I was at a party, and somebody mentioned Sincola, that, and this guy next to me was like, God, they fucking suck, and I was like, Yeah I'm in Sincola, yeah. you know, like, he had no idea, and it, it didn't make me angry or anything, but I was like, I've, I've been hearing that, you know, what, what can you do? Yeah. So. Well,
0: that means you're happening, though. Like, that's the thing is, like, I know that's not what you think. You know, well,
1: it it was it was cool. I mean, I was a kid. You know, I was like nineteen <laughs> when I joined that band, and and it's I, I didn't really understand anything. I was in a band with a lot with people who were way older than me, you know. And and I kind of just went with with what I, I trusted everybody, and it's not like they you let you. In Coca Cola,
0: me. everyone was older than you.
1: Yeah, like I was nineteen, and I think Rebecca was twenty five, and then Chris and Greg, I think, were like twenty eight or something, you know. So and Terry, you know, Terry Lord was. Was pro. Was like, she's like twelve years older. Yeah, there, she's like a real drummer. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and great history, great drummer. One of the great best drummer. I've ever. You guys played were with. such a great fucking band. It was a fun band. Yeah, it was a great band, and and I learned a lot from them. Now, not as much as I learned from playing with David. I learned a lot from that dude. A lot. I can only imagine. Yeah, he he taught me about like not being loose like not not like like being like not sticking to exactly what's on a recording you know like you don't have to play exactly what this guy played you know do your own play your own thing or, or if the vibe changes live play play it follow the vibe instead of following what you know doug wimbish played on this record play right, exactly right. like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like i, I did that doug at first wimbish
0: sat in that chair talked on that microphone. really yeah just last year wow yeah, just a that's, year ago. Sorry, Isn't that awesome? awesome? <laughs> that's the whole time I just kept on going, I can't believe you're at my house, man. That's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Sorry. He was cool, right? I mean, was, oh, he was a chill. fuck. Yeah. yeah, so cool. Um, but do you ever think like David is like, out of all the guys that we know, like Prince, like he's the best guy in yeah, all he's, of our he's, friends. He, he's, he's, he's the guy yeah. that it flows through him. The force uh, flows through him. He, he uh, Yes, and he's... He,
1: I just I, it was just interesting to to learn that and to learn that somebody could would do. You know, like one day, like I'll call Todd and this guy and this guy to come play at this show, but then the next time I'm going to call this guy and or we're going to do this kind of show. You know, like oh, yeah. or we're going to yeah, play yeah. the chicken dance and then yeah. play like this Euphoria or whatever. And it, it, it was I learned a lot from that, and um, it, it helped me play with other people later on because I wasn't you know I could pick up stuff a lot easier but i was also still kind of that punk sloppy kind of guy and you know i played with him for like eight years and it was awesome but then it was like kind of he was like you know you should do something that you like more you know like i guess he could kind of tell that i wasn't having as much fun as i had before so um i
0: still love the dude and he's a great guy i can't say enough good things about him he uh that's my favorite band by the way The you, sean and nina yeah, That's my wow. favorite. I, I fucking took everyone but you, because I already had Anar. <laughs> like, the second version of Gaudi was those two, and David was like, dude, take these guys, man. That's what you need to get. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but I remember sitting on my bed, and that fucking Best Buy commercial came on. And I have never, I think it's, it's hard not to get emotional, but, like, I love that dude so much. Loved Nina so much. Loved you so much. I didn't know Sean yet, but, like, seeing you guys, like, Seeing that light shined on my friends. Well, we weren't in that video. You, that was, you weren't in that. No, it was Jacob, John. Oh, and, it was Jacob, and Mike, John, and Mike. Yeah, it sorry. was when this
1: euphoria came out. But but that like we were talking about commercials and all that. That video, that commercial. Man, he got so many f- fans from that. I mean, it was so good for him. I, I think I don't know what he would say, but like I, it just so many people discovered him from that. Yeah, and and uh, so that. Uh, that was that was cool. Um, I honestly didn't know any of his songs before I started playing with him, except uh, Twang Twang stuff. And that was only because the yeah. girls that I liked or hung out with in high school <laughs> loved him so yeah, and yeah, loved yeah. them. They were really yeah. influential on all these people yeah. in my school. So, um, but I didn't, you know, I just didn't. I wasn't very open minded back then about music. Right, it was right, mostly right. like guitar rock and stuff, you know, just punk and attitude.
0: I didn't know you very well back then, but I remember I met you because I worked with Chia and was friends with her family. Yeah. Uh, they took me in in some sad way. No, I remember because you way. were
1: Cuban, and that's how yeah. we were introduced, yeah. and, <laughs> and I'd go into the that store a lot, and I'd see you. It was always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we were like, uh, dude, I mean, still, it, it even from then on it's like every time we saw each other it'd be like oh hey hey, hey!" but yeah. you know what well, we didn't do shows together because we were in different different playing in different kind of scenes, scenes. and stuff yeah but um yeah we've been kind of parallel and, and stuff and then we finally got to play a gig
0: a real gig the hottest one of the hottest gigs dude that sun that day coming down it So hot. it's like july middle of july so hot um what was I going to ask you? I was going to go back to something that, okay, so wait a minute. So where were you, where are you from? Where were you born? Uh, I was born in
1: Laredo, Texas and about, I don't know if it's weeks or months. Uh, my family moved to Austin or we had just moved something. I don't remember. So I remember my mom went to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, I would say I'm from here, not technically, but yeah. yeah. Where'd you go to high school? Westlake high School oh nice, yep, that's what happens when your dad is uh does well in the eighties
0: yeah, your dad did do well in that. i mean your family's artists i mm-hmm. mean that's a heavy was that any kind of thing did they ever impose it on you? Did you want to be a lawyer to rebel or something or no i my
1: dad really wanted kind of i feel like he expected me to be like a visual artist like and and um kind of just take not take over but d- be the legacy you know right. yeah and my mother was the artist too she didn't get as much attention um but in the 90s she got a, she got some pretty good action happening and she she was amazing too her they're both so good um
0: yeah your dad's still alive right
1: yes he's still he's still with us and he still travel i mean he tours all the time does art fairs and that kind of stuff um Always, work. always works always works all he does is work
0: do so. you ever do any are you friends with like Bucca and Bale Allen I don't know or those that, guys I, I know, those know the guys. names yeah. you know
1: but no I'm I, i, I I'm not no are they, they're, they're their uh, dad's
0: Terry Allen oh he's yeah I love Terry Allen me too I'm yeah. a big fan man that guy both of his music and his art like his music's great it's very that, intense I didn't know that okay. she's just gonna destroy this pillow it's cool <laughs> um <laughs> All right, so uh, so, what was your first sort of connection to music where you wanted to do it? Like, what was it that you was it Kiss? No, it was the Misfits. Okay, it was um, in high school. I had a friend
1: who had a band, and they needed a singer, and I didn't sing, and but I thought it would make me cool, mm-hmm. and I joined that band and. and but I was really into punk so, you know the, the Sex Pistols Circle Jerks Bottle Surfers Misfits though was my
0: thing where did you hear that stuff like who was from this guy this kid yeah. his
1: name was uh, Eugene we called him Shorty he was a drummer and he just like uh, he would you know give me tapes of stuff and, and also these two dudes in my c- uh, class Scott and Bo they were like uh, uh, the grades above me, but they were wore, you know, they were wore cool clothes and and they would make me mix tapes. And, and so I've discovered a lot of stuff from that.
0: What was happening around that you weren't connected? Like what was it, like hair metal time or um, like what was the... It was
1: 88, so... Yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was really, the, I, I think I got into hard music because I was in, um I don't know what they call it, a private... Uh, Mental hospital or whatever, Shoal Creek, mm. uh, with a bunch of older kids, and they all were into Metallica. And and so I l- learned a lot of stuff from those kids, too. So, um, were you, you know, into
0: those guys, Metallica? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. All, all that Metallica and, and Stormtroopers yeah. of Death, SOD was a big one for me. Um, and I loved all that, but I also loved like Talking Heads and Concrete Blonde and Go Boingo and, and, um, that kind of stuff so uh cramps cure uh but it was mostly that that that's what i i didn't really expand to any other kind of music world music or singer songwriters any of that until way later
0: you didn't get into the pato banton uh
1: no and i heard a lot i discovered a lot of that well i didn't discover i david used to play a lot of that oh, stuff yeah. in, in the van and and i, I just you know People that I, I was in a band called Milton Mapes for a while and I learned a lot about Americana from them and, and stuff. So it just, it was just basically who I played with. I learned a lot of stuff from, but it was punk and Kiss was, Kiss was a Johnny come lately for me, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Like when I was eight, 19, yeah, is is I thought Kiss was just lame and I didn't grow up with them. They scared me when I was a kid, uh, especially Gene. Okay. Um, but the my partner from Gomez Ryan, he loved him and he lent me a VHS of a documentary and I got hooked.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, dude, I, I, I can't stop loving them. Like it's weird. It, yeah, it's kind of it is. Weird. Hard. It,
1: it, it's hard because Gene is such a dis not a I good hate that guy. guy. I really don't like and, him. And they're so I mean I, they were always commercial, but they're just so merchandising. You know, yeah. just but. They got all those old records that are... I even like some of the non-makeup stuff. And
0: um, Yeah, what was the story about you playing Heavens on Fire, like uh, opening
1: for... Yeah, we opened... Gomez opened for Peter Chris <laughs> at Electric Lounge when he was... Re- right before the, the... When they got back together. And I think we were pissed off because they made us set up our drums on the side. Yeah, it was not yeah. the biggest stage ever. And he had his big kit there. And so we, we used to... Uh, we, we always played the kiss songs in our in our set we just decided one night that night to play every like stuff that he wasn't on (laughs) lick it up heaven's on fire just you know and and play them poorly (laughs) and we had some friends in town uh from san francisco and they got on stage and sang with us and we just like we really pissed off the audience because it was like you know the kiss fans yeah and the guy you know and and they were just like (laughs) And I think it was one of the greatest trolling <laughs> bits ever that, you know, especially Electric Lounge. Like, they, they knew we were huge fans, so they put us on this bill. But there were so many other bands suited
0: yeah, yeah. for that bill. Yeah. And I was
1: surprised the show wasn't at, like, the back room or something. But, uh,
0: yeah, it's so weird that it was at Electric Lounge. I guess they maybe
1: offered the most money or something. It, but it was, it was a riot. It almost it,
0: seems like they took the... Who was booking it then? Mike Henry? I think it was Mike. Yeah. It seems like they did it, like... Ironically, well, Mike,
1: well, Mike was a, he is a huge oh, so he, oh fan. he is okay. yeah yeah he was he he
0: was in he played with Richard uh in Rip and Destroy oh but a long time ago too yeah. like in the nineties yeah yeah I remember going to one of those shows yeah. at Electric Lounge I think it, it was like him and my friend Frank Bullington from Houston played there yeah I
1: think yeah and then I think sometimes Richard played with him and they had somebody else too do Paul or Ace I don't know but they they yeah yeah
0: Richard was Paul yeah that was awesome. <laughs> oh man yeah
1: that was that was a funny show
0: uh you know benjamin from Mm -hmm. uh, yeah okay so benjamin uh he did this thing where he interviewed paul simon for this radio show that yeah i know i do a thousand fucking 300 and whatever these he does one (laughs) and it's paul simon so he uh uh, they they it, they they did it and it there's a documentary coming out about it and they used some of the footage of them interviewing him that's kind of like helped them out wow. and so as a gift she edie brickell got edie and paul got uh benjamin and a couple of other dudes that work on the show fourth row tickets to the last show this saturday right wow. it's this saturday yeah in at madison square garden
1: <laughs> a few podcasts, and then he's got Paul Simon. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that he. Speaking of, of him, he the Duck Hills was a big when I was in high school. Was a my friend group was really into them. So they we were used to fucking go see them. great. Yeah, and I still remember that. The, I think apartheid is wrong. <laughs> I, I just always remember that that line from their songs. And I remember at Kinkos, I saw uh, the guitar player, and he had a a, a check book that said the duck hills and i was like oh my god these guys have checks i didn't know anything yeah yeah, yeah and i was like that that's so
0: cool <laughs> <laughs> i i know that feeling when you're like when you're getting started and you look and you see these other bands they have like a there's a str- they have a sound guy you're like wait a minute would you get him <laughs> you know what i mean like we pay him <laughs> you can afford to pay a guy <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah that's so odd <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, how old were you when you got that misfits and started getting into the punk rock? Uh, I was about
1: f- fifteen years old, and uh well I was thirteen when I, like when I was like I said when I was in the hospital i was I was like twelve and thirteen, so thirteen is when I really started like doing the the flannel shirt around my waist and all that, and then high school was when I really like sophomore year when I really kind of like I shaved the side of my head and really got into that stuff, tried to get my hair. I had a big fro, so I couldn't get the misfits hair and I right. had a leather jacket and just all that silly stuff. And, and um, yeah, that's, that's, and I kind of, I, I joined a band called four violent people who were misfits wannabes, but also we all started listening to the descendants. And so we got really into the pop side of the punk stuff and that kind of green day. And that kind of like, we started kind of veering towards that and getting away from the misfits kind of stuff, and i didn't and then you know Danzig is goofy, and I'm kind of embarrassed that that I was so into that stuff because he's just goofy now, and the whole yeah. thing is goofy, but uh <laughs> it was you know it it made people nervous and it, but uh, back then and it was it was a lot of fun
0: yeah so did you i mean did you at that point were you like this is going to be my way of life i mean no, I wanted to be a movie director
1: and do that, and that's what I went to school for. Um, I didn't ever think I would, you know, do anything music. Like getting getting that thing in Colo when I was uh, nineteen was like, and and them getting all serious and stuff. I thought this is weird, you know, like this. But I'm gonna stay here and do this. And then I met a bunch of people, and I just kept wanting to to play and and. and but I never. It wasn't until, like I said, like I played with David that I was like, um, kind of took it more serious because I was getting paid, you know, a decent amount. And I was like, well, I could really do this. And I could, and that was 2001. Um, but before no, I, I wanted to, you know, I worked at Goodwill, I worked at at crappy jobs and we'd go on tour and and I didn't really see anything for the future at all. Yeah. Just do
0: that. Keep doing that. Yeah. Cause it's fun being on tour. Did you guys open for a bunch of big people or did you uh, semi-big people? Hmm,
1: we opened... F- yeah, I, I don't know. Because Bitch did well as a song, right? It, it, was, it was like a, a college new hit. New yeah. Yeah. But we played with a lot of like... You know, at the time it was like local H and uh, I mean, those, those kinds were of bands. bands that had a bus, yeah. probably. Well, no, not yet. I mean, not it was yet. a lot of. Okay. Uh, we play. I think the biggest show we ever did was we opened for the Bottle Surfers, Reverend Horton Heat, and the Toadies at uh, Sunken Gardens, and we did a few shows with that little that tour and Joan Jet. We played with a bunch of times, but but besides, you know nothing. It, it, Do you oh, get to hang out with her at all? Yeah, we went to Emos. Um, uh, oh yeah, it's, and and it's in and, the book. Yeah, and that was and uh, Chris, our guitar player, played air hockey with her, and she was like over the moon. But but, but you know, uh, but besides, no man, no no, I always wanted to play just big show, big, and the Sunken Gardens was as big as it got, and that was an embarrassing show because my
0: bass kept going out, and it's the whole thing. But no, nobody. It's weird. It's hard, uh, you know. When you were talking about Sincola and you guys didn't make the right decisions, we—I didn't either. You know what I mean? Like, there's, dude, I fucked up so much shit, man. Like, well, you you signed to Lars's label, right? Yeah, but like, we went out and made a record and spent the whole budget, and then we like we went to mix and like, oh, we don't like this, and then he's like, well, what do you guys want to do? We're like, oh, can we go back and start over with Mike McCarthy and Austin? Yeah, sure. Here's another budget, but like, I mean, we were crazy. Like, by the time our record came out, we were like three quarters of a million dollars in debt. Holy cow! You know, it was, (laughs) it was pretty, and and we weren't, you know, we weren't making, it's just hard when you, you go from like a guy loading your shit in at like Emo's or Steamboat or wherever it was, uh, Antones or something, wherever we were playing. Um, and then all of a sudden there's these decisions and these amounts of money that you just don't even understand. Like, you're like, what? (laughs) We spent how much? Like, that's crazy. And how we owe, did we do that? And we owe this much <laughs> yeah. back? Wait, what? Yeah. We have to sell this? You own this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we left the label because our our lawyer was like, well, we were having a difficult time trying to stay small because they didn't want to do it, especially after they spent all that money. They're like, now you got to do something fucking huge for your second record, dude, or your third record, really. Um, and we, we were like, well, can you just give us like a small amount of money and we'll just build a studio and and they were like no no you gotta because they double your budget for each record that's how those contracts are structured were structured and um anyway our lawyer was basically like you have to sell one point like four million records to to get out of the red and we were like there's no way we're gonna do that dude like so what happened we just left we were like hey thanks we gotta go and you, bro- Electra broke... Electra was fine with it, but Lars was very sad. Electra was glad to see this money, fucking blood sucking. <laughs> like we were like money vampires. You- <laughs> <laughs> we were. I remember people coming and going, like, uh, like just little things. Like, wait a minute, you got you guys got per diems and a food budget for the studio, and we're like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like an extra like four thousand dollars a week that you're just spending. Like you don't even know that. Like, oh yeah, oh did pretty good, right? They're like yeah, <laughs> just wait till you try and make your money back. You know what I mean? But you don't know because when the it's when you're in that when you're in a completely different you're in a, you're in a fucking different business than you were when you're showing up yeah to your gigs at Soundcheck and like you know trying to see if the sound guy is weed and like regular stuff and then all of a sudden there are these huge decisions that are like everybody's life is hanging on. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then and then they ditch
1: you. They can ditch you. Like we got ditched in the middle of uh, of our tour, of Sincola, and and it was, it was like bummer. Yeah, we got dropped because the whole label decided to switch to electronic music, and. <laughs> and and
0: (laughs) shitty way to go yeah
1: because none of their bands were were that they had signed during this period were doing anything you know and and so that was kind of a drag and and after that it was like a year later we broke up because we're like yeah that was a blow to our ego for sure you know they don't they don't want us we just made this awesome record and and they don't they don't want to do anything with it so yeah. we, we picked the wrong single to, to, you know, we had a say of what single came out, but they wanted this other single and it was like, oh crap. In the middle of the tour, we're like, yeah, we should actually do that single. Well, let's make a video real quick, you know, do that. And by that time it was too late. Mm-hmm.
0: So Yeah.
1: Like going that, get back to Austin, go work at spider house. You
0: yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I was painting houses with Dickie Lee Irwin remember that guy yeah yeah that's what i did after. you know
1: brandon gonzalez bass player yeah yeah yeah. he played with him for a while Uh, he might still he's awesome brandon you're awesome
0: yeah it's weird uh but then you kind of did the same thing that i did was you just joined a bunch of other bands and like joined a lot of bands yeah and it's not on your shoulders anymore just played
1: (laughs) yeah just did had fun. I mean, when, when I started playing with Davi, that's when I started touring a lot, like more than I ever had. And, yeah. And uh, it was usually, usually the tours would be me and Davi and Nina, just the three of us. And um, we did one with where, where Sean, with Sean came, but I guess the budget was only for three people or something. So, right. um, and then after that, I went out, I started playing with Amy Cook for a little bit uh-huh. and went out with her. And, and that was the last, that was 2000. Nine or 10, and that was the last time I went on the road. So it's been a long time. Do you want to or no? Uh, not anymore. Oh, you, not, mean you got a kid. I, I got and a four year old, and I just don't. I mean, I know. I, I don't even want to like, go play. I, mean, I was supposed to go play in Dallas, and I was like, God, that's that's so far. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. We've got to stay overnight. But n- no, I, I don't. I mean, I'd like to fly somewhere and play. That'd be fun, but I mean, yeah. that's all. It's all gone. I mean, not gone, but it's all like you fucking weekend warrior now, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I did this band karaoke apocalypse for like 15 years till we broke up. And that was, that was a lot of fun for a long time. And we got a lot of gigs, made some good money and, and, uh,
0: what is Karaoke
1: Apocalypse? Karaoke Apocalypse was a live karaoke band that's focused on punk and metal and alternative oh, cool. and stuff like 70s to 2000, you know. Um, and that was a lot of fun and of and, and challenge. You learn, yeah. we had to learn songs all the time, learn, and if nobody sang them for a few shows, we'd ditch them and learn others. So we had... We ended up having like 500 songs, not in the rotation, but just that we knew, and um, it was it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of stuff with the Alamo Draft House, and we'd play the High Ball a lot. But we'd do a lot of fantastic fest shows and, and stuff, and and we we played a lot of clubs, and that was just like so. when, you know we were talking about the cover band thing. Um, uh that's why like sometimes i get insulted when people dog on cover bands because we had the greatest time and we made money and oh, yeah. it was just fun it was just so fun and getting people up there to sing who didn't know how to you know sing uh but get to experience having a band behind them and and, and it's and feeling the band that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is like you feel yeah all that noise yeah. with with this kind of thing and yeah. and uh It was really great. It it was. It it it, it, there was low times, but it was. It was. We had a great time. We broke up uh, right before the pandemic, so. It's a good
0: time time to break up. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it it is, and you, you 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 you. I don't sit around and practice. I don't know if you do, but I don't like sit around and practice scales. I'm like, oh, let me see if I can learn this kind of thing, but it. Being in skyrocket for the last you know 21 years i've learned how to play keyboards <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and i can play stuff that i wouldn't have ever known how to play in, in styles that i would have never learned because and you, i had to it's my job and you also but you also learn like how to learn songs quickly exactly
1: Yeah. you know and yeah. and, and uh that is a skill that a lot of people and bands don't have yeah and, and it's it was we we got it down to a science, you know i mean we we'd learn songs without a singer, you know, yeah, and we would rarely none of us would take the mic, you know wow um uh it, it was um but but I think it's a very valuable skill, especially now because like. We do these gigs like uh, we, uh, me and Chris and Phil and Adam will play with you know like Leslie from Moving Panoramas like a, on a New Year's. Oh, I'm doing this kind of this band's music. We only, we can only practice t- two or three times, right. and we're like, okay, you know, we, we we can learn this stuff real fast. Yeah. So it's 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 fun to do these one-off projects. I really enjoy those. Yeah.
0: A lot. Um, you're doing you're doing a New Year's Devo.
1: Yeah, doing Devo with Chris, Phil, and Adam, and, and, uh, and Brian Kristner. Do you know Brian Kristner? He was oh. in The Bowler Boys, which, whose video you are in. Do you remember this? I think Tara directed it. it <laughs> you don't even remember this thing. You I know were, that name. It was a, like a, kind of a ska soul band, and they made a video. I don't know if it was at Lovejoys or somewhere, but you are in it. I was you, in a lot of stuff with Tara's. You are in, You have a close-up. Really? Yes. I'm gonna have to find this huh, thing and yeah. send it to you.
0: Yeah, I'd need to see it.
1: Uh, he uh, he's an entertainment lawyer now. He's playing, uh, and, and it's, and then I'm, and then me, I'm playing bass with, uh, I'm singing for Devo, and I'm playing bass oh. with uh, Leslie for Madonna. We're doing Madonna. Awesome. So, and this is like the third year, or fourth year, I think that I've done the New Years there, and I've always wanted to. I always thought they were kind of too cool, like the cool kids, like, but. I finally got to play them
0: and they're the best. I love those shows. I, yeah, it makes me, those, that seems like the best night, but I'm always, you're busy. Yeah. That's the best night that's of the, the year. Almost. The yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. It's tough because but I see those like the who, who it is. And like, I forgot who it was. I saw was doing in excess. Uh, high heavens. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, be awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, do you guys do, are you doing peekaboo? That's one of my. Favorite. No, no, we're not doing a
1: peekaboo. It's like don't look keep, until I signal. Yeah, we're trying to do. We're trying to do like the the fastest songs that you know that, that we already know in our
0: heads. Yeah. You know, just the base. We only get thirty minutes. So. Those guys were smart when they got in the in the big business. They're, uh, do you know about their business side? How they did their thing? They basically same as like Flaming Lips. Like, just give us a really small advance. Give us a little bit of money to make a record don't fuck with us and we'll give you like, they give them the finished artwork. Like that's how Devo's deal is same with flaming lips. Like you just turn in your that. thing finished. You just don't, you don't get like those, you don't get a million dollar advance or anything, but. You also don't lose a lot of money. Yeah. And you can fucking be yourself and you know, they don't hassle you and you yeah. don't get dropped right away. Did,
1: did you ever, uh, are you aware of Devo 2.0? No, it was a band. It was a children's band at disney records did which is basically devo re-recorded a lot of their hits and had this like 11 or 12 year old girl sing and then they got together a band of kids and did like some videos and stuff and it's obviously the music sounds good because it's them yeah yeah but but um the words are all changed to be like kid friendly yeah yeah you know (laughs) and it's I hate to admit it, but I kind of like it. I kind of think it's funny, but but it was obviously a disaster because no one's ever heard of it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but I, they're pretty. Bi- I mean, they're pretty business savvy. I mean, Mother's Ball's got his glass company. Hundred percent. That. guy, I mean, he
0: really. They've always been like that. Smart dudes. Um. Not that we're not smart. They're just smart in a different way. Um. Uh. Is your, does your daughter request to listen to any uh? I have a nephew, and he's five now, but he was in the height of, of Baby Shark. That was his jam. It you drove know, my sister crazy. She didn't get into Baby Shark, like which
1: thankfully. Yeah, thank like, God. That song sucks. Um, right now, she's into this horrible thing called the Descend, Not the Descendants, the punk one. <laughs> the Descendants, spelled correctly. That's uh-huh. like a Disney series or movies with the offspring of the princess and princesses, you know, Prince charming's kids, all that stuff. And the music is horrible. It's like the worst kind of pop uh, rap stuff. I. I I'm very mad that she discovered this because I can't like other stuff like yeah she's yeah. Like, yeah the music that we would play or listen to together was you know Cat
0: Stevens yeah, and, yeah.
1: and 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 cool stuff and stuff I
0: grew up on you probably yeah, did Puff, too the Magic yeah. Dragon
1: like and now she's into this and I just I can't we don't we don't mesh on that I'm like you can listen to one song in the car <laughs> but it's awful music
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> i uh i bet that must have that must have been obviously it changes you you've been through some big life-changing events yes i have that that having having to like really care about
1: somebody else and put their their needs above yours is kind of it was eye-opening man like just because i'm you know i've always looked out for myself and 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 this was, you know, all of a sudden I can't put the band before anything, you know, no. the music before anything. And, uh, I, being the wife, had to be very careful about scheduling and all that kind of stuff. So that, yeah, and, and it's great and it's hard. I mean, you know, everybody knows that, yeah. the kids, children, but being at this age, I'm 50 now and having a four year old, it's, it's also a little eye opening to know that I won't live along as long to see you know like my parents are still alive and i'm old now so it's like i won't be able to be there for that that kind of sucks but also i have the patience more than i did before
0: yeah so that's great though yeah i mean and it didn't take your edge away you're still chepo yeah man (laughs) unfortunately (laughs)
1: unfortunately who else are you playing with though? i play in a ramones cover band called cabrones (laughs) cabrones <laughs> and and then and then I that's that's with um, this guy Joey and Kevin and then Tom from the Hickoids plays drums and the, those those guys are that's that's the opposite of being not responsible but like they're very still you know hey we're gonna have practice this week we don't know when we don't know what time but we're gonna do this and I'm like oh my god uh, uh, you know what a childcare right, right <laughs> and right, all that kind of right. stuff but i just play i play with them and i was in a band called compilations but i just left recently um it's just i don't want to be in a band that's you know kind of wor- like that works like like that that not not works but that's a band you know so get together f- write songs you know an original kind of thing it's yeah. just it's i'm just i i don't have time and energy for that stuff but those guys those guys are good are great and they're going to Let's say get a new
0: guy; they're gonna they're gonna be great. You don't realize how long it takes, and it takes it like because everybody because I am in two two regional bands, yeah, and it's moves so slow because you are old and you don't like you are not like hey, all I am gonna do is focus on making new music for this band. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I can't do that. Is is it are they
1: <laughs> is are they all kind of in the same age bracket as yeah. you and experience? Yeah. Yeah, and their understanding of the, how that works.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's basically it is fun to get together and work on music with people. Whether we go play gigs or not, eventually I'm going to play gigs and have a band or something. So that always happens.
1: I I, I haven't mentioned this guy. What's up? Uh, but Andrew Duplantis. Love Andrew. Andrew, great dude. He and I have been playing music. Well, we did Super Ego. Um, he played keyboards and I was playing bass right. for a little bit. But he has this thing called Scene Palo that he is like a solo project. Yeah. We made it a band in 2001 and we made a, a few albums. But that thing's been going on, on and off since then. And But we never get to play. And it's But I want to mention him because like... Not that I forget, but it's just we we're just so infrequent yeah. that it's it's not an active thing. But we when we get together, we have a lot of fun and 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 it's it's great to you know they're his songs and stuff, and he has great songs. So, but but I just we're gonna start doing something in January. But but again, it's different because he already has the songs and he's right. getting a band together and stuff. It's not like we have to sit there and write stuff and do all that. And and plus, he's busy with his other things, you know, Sunvolt and yeah. and all that. So he, he doesn't have time to be in another full project.
0: So. Right. I've talked, he's reached out at times and been like, hey, man, I want to come on the show oh, and dude, talk you... about this thing. And I'm like, yeah. And then like a week will go by and he'll be like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Oh, man, he's got, <laughs> like, right. he's got such a good history, you know. Oh, yeah, I love but, that guy, man. Yeah, I was, is he, I, He's played with John D off and on. I was going to go see them tonight. Yes, all of yeah. 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 yeah, that
1: was one i i played with him i i filled in for andrew a few times with john d that was an interesting experience because he doesn't (laughs) he doesn't practice either and and uh so that was that was kind of tough for me but i really i only played like three shows with him but i i loved every minute i wish i was still on his backup roster uh who
0: was drumming when you did it um chipman oh yeah and and then joey joey i did a gig with joey Love Joey. I just did some shows with fastball this summer. Joey is like, Jesus Christ, man. How are those? Awesome. It was fun, man. It was, I love those guys. They're all, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, yeah, uh, for sure. It's funny because I knew, I knew why I got the gig. <laughs> what? It wasn't because I'm like the shredding musician of life. It's like I can hang, but also like I could hang. Like they're like, it's like they took their friend out this last summer. Like, let's take him. Oh, but- and so that was kind of cool. It was really, I mean, their music uh like those guys are fucking unbelievable and they only get better that's the other thing that's uh, i was just i just did one of these with john d yesterday and his latest record it's like the best record he ever made and it's nice to know that we can keep on getting better yeah like it's more of a yoda thing and not like how we look at it like you just get more and more chill for maybe smaller and greener button your ears keep getting bigger but <laughs> but you do end up like in a place where if you do focus on continuing to to grow in some way just in i think that's a aging anyway i i think I, uh yeah i i i feel like i i don't stress
1: as much about learning music uh because i know that it's gonna be okay you know it's yeah. it's and, and plus, I have great support system, especially Chris, uh, Chris 9. And and um, she's just like, you know, just, I don't know. Just playing with her is always going to be a, a treat. I mean, yeah. she's one of my most favorite people. But, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you were talking about sitting around and practicing and stuff. No, yeah. I don't do that. And I kind of wish I had because I think it would have helped me because I also have ADD. And it's like, uh, you know, it would definitely help me more. But... I get too bored.
0: Yeah. You know, I just can't... I I like to be making something or... And playing with people. Yeah, playing with people. Yeah. 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 I like playing with people, man. It's what... Today we did this rehearsal. Do you know the Groove Line Horns? No. Yeah. Carlos Sosa, those guys. They've been around since forever. The thing is, those guys were doing other kind of games. Did they do Misfits covers? No. Okay. (laughs) No. No, they played with like the Scabs and Vallejo and... But now they play with, like, uh, Jason Mraz. Fancy. Yeah. Not my kind of guy, Jason Mraz. Did he still wear all the baseball hat? he still wear that? I think he wore a fedora. The sideways. <laughs> oh, did he wear it
1: sideways? <laughs> Just in the early days, I think. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know. I always felt like,
0: whenever I saw that guy, I always felt bad for Bob Schneider. I was, I was like, shit, man, this guy, like, took your thing, and look <laughs> at him now. I think he thinks the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on those songwriting games though before, and you're in a, the like Bob Schneider has these songwriting games. You get a title, and everybody has to write a song and turn it in at, by a certain time. And,
2: and that's sometimes cool. he's
0: in that email. Who uh, Jason? Ryan. Jason, really? Yeah. That is so cool. What yeah. a fun game! Wow, it's fun. It's it's helped me a lot. Like over the last twenty years, it has like I have a couple of records that are half of it are songs from that really yeah it's a time limit um there was one where i was on tour uh opening for him and it was every day it was fucking intense (laughs) like at the end of the gig you'd get a text with a title and then after sound check we'd all go on his bus and play the songs so you didn't even have a full day did you ever wait were you in his band no i played with this band called endosheen oh yeah, yeah 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 that was after Gaudi I was like you know shit now these guys were like hey would you come play keyboards and guitar and sing backup and I was like yeah yeah how long did you do Gaudi for because you were doing it was Love Tree when I met you Love Tree and then Mr. Rocket Baby which was me and Richard Mm -hmm. you guys not Weimark Uh, you you guys had the big hats I think yeah. And and yeah. I, yeah. for
1: some reason I always picture Apollo yeah. Creed and Rocky 3 when I think of you guys
0: yeah, me too. Right? I think that's what I was thinking when I put the hat on man. yeah okay dude Todd Wolfson sent me a video uh, like a month ago of a garage sale I had like in the early 2000s I was still married to Tracy and he was there filming it and I have the hat and I'm selling it in the garage sale Aww. and I'm saying someone want to buy my dreams <laughs> it's so funny man <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i think we might have played like a Kanak thing at anton's yeah. we were on the Kanak
0: record together yeah.
1: yeah
0: i do remember that you know who played with us that night who, who played we had three guitar players that night david oh uh, really uh-huh. yeah wow yeah we used to do weird shows every once in a while either him or earth pig like we'd have a fifth guy just over there just fucking shredding the whole time <laughs> that's awesome yeah i like earth pig do you ever do you ever get into him
1: I, I I know of him and uh, his stories and stuff, but I don't. I know I I never listened to him. Like there's so much stuff that I just because you know I was focused on this other stuff. And, yeah. Well, and plus you get the,
0: in your in your track. Yeah. In your
1: lane. The the bandwidth was wasn't as expanded as it is now. You know. Um. Can I tell one story? No. I know. <laughs> well, we were talking about misfits and stuff. Yeah. And. In the in the like mid '90s, Gomez um, on a Halloween got booked at Emo's to do a Misfits set, and in the Chronicle, the ad said Misfits with a question mark, and and so of course, like people are like, "Wait, are the Misfits playing there?" You know, they, anyway, they, <laughs> and, and, and and anyway, the show was was massive, and we come out and we played this awesome. You know, it was really fun, and we had a great time, and we sounded good, and. During South by Southwest, uh, maybe that year or the year after, I get a call from this guy Mike Gitter, who's like a, a big, who was an ANR, a writer for all these metal magazines. Asking, saying, "Hey, I'm working with the Misfits, and they want to see a videotape of you guys," and and I was like, "Okay, um, this is when they were looking for a singer, right?" And I did not even register that I thought they wanted to see a video to send us a cease and desist or to sue us or something. To give you a job. Or, well, probably just like to see if I could audition yeah. if it was yeah, any yeah, good yeah. or something. And I didn't even think about any of that until many years later when I was in another Misfits band where the guitar player was like, they could have been wanting to see because they were looking for a singer then. And I was like, not that you know, it'd have been a wild to try out for them. I, I don't know if I would have had a chance because my voice did not, and and obviously I'm chung, you know, I'm overweight. I do not look like dancing. I do not work out, you know. Um, but just that the fact that that I I missed even the opportunity to get on any radar like that just it it's kind of emblem emblem emblematic. What's the word? Um, anyway, it's kind of like what 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 a, a lot of missed opportunities in my life because of emotional response, you know, and not like going back and thinking about it. Isn't that funny?
0: I have that too. I have that all the time. Like I I'll be like I'll wake up in the morning and just be like I think back like 15 years ago, like why why did I answer Like I could have had a different situation for myself if I wouldn't have told that dude to go fuck himself. Yeah. or if you let didn't let
1: fear take you know kind of fear yeah
0: yeah fear is the mind killer um i wonder where that comes from i wonder i wonder if our kind of people become artists and musicians or does that shit do this to us (laughs) you know you ever wonder like which came first like was I gonna? Was I on the path to be like a normal-minded person, or am I gonna be fucked up for the rest of my life because of what I've chosen to do? Well,
1: that and also our, you know, we we have things in our life, like as children, that really can mess with us, you know, and for the rest of time, and it's just
0: kind of, yeah, yeah, that we just live through and try to survive. Yeah. John D died, and he came back to life. Yeah. I remember that. I asked him yesterday what happens. Nothing. It's like taking a nap. That's what he said. And then there's another guy. I know this sounds weird, but I've never had in all this time anybody on my podcast that died and came back to life. Last week I had another guy. Same thing. He's like, yeah, it's like the lights go out. Like anesthesia. Yeah, just like you go to sleep. It's like John D said it was like taking a nap. When he woke up, he felt like he had taken a nap. The other guy, he had a bad wake up. He said all of the, he, his was a drug overdose on the other guy. I that that death is a thing that I think about
1: a lot, like more than I should, because I don't. I, I the cancer, you know,
0: guy had yeah. the cancer, and and and. I mean, that must have changed your view of life. Were you already married and stuff then? No, no, no I, I, I not
1: married. Um, we got married that fall, though. I still but you were together. Yeah, we were together. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we were living together and stuff, but it was. I mean, when I found out, I was like, what? Bullshit. No way. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. It did not seem real until we went to the hospital and had the first meeting with the chemo team with a bunch of other people who had just found out. And we're giving these pamphlets and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is real. And um, and so since then, it's just like I just I, I, I think about it too much, like way too much
0: we're not really exposed to it in that way you know what i mean like we don't really get exposed we don't we're our culture is kind of built to not have to deal with it until it, like it like it's not gonna happen like it's not gonna happen to me right yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. it happens to everybody else but it's probably not gonna happen to me i'm <laughs> there's so much i mean everybody cool so much. hair <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> surely it's not gonna be me <laughs> you know but i
1: mean it's so you know like like my friend Chia got the same thing as yeah. me. My friend Camille got the same thing as me uh, or, or got it before me. You know, she had passed away before me, uh, before I got it. And it's just like people so close. I mean, it's everywhere. I and mean, yeah. you see every day on Facebook, it's like, I have breast cancer. I have this cancer. I have the, and it's just like, fuck. It, 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 it's like less people don't have it,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a weird it's a it's an intense fucking thing this is why people find religion
1: because it's like they're gonna go to they want they believe they're gonna go to the next plane and and i mean i i I wish i wasn't so damn cynical because i would love to discover
0: that and there's a great place (laughs) there's a great place after all of this Mm -hmm. i mean they have to tell you that just so that you don't fucking beat yourself up all day (laughs) thinking you're gonna die and they're just gonna turn off the lights or whatever. Um, there was a, a, a thing that you wrote when I was uh, going through your Facebook and, and Instagram and shit this morning. Sorry. That's all right. I saw stuff. that. I got
1: a lot of likes from you. I was like, yeah, he's yeah. he's getting some
0: material. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, but there was one, one post that you made about going to get your checkup and just the room full of people and just that, I don't know, that hit me. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> it's a reality, man.
1: A room full of people and I'm going in there just to find out, you know, if. I don't know just a checkup you have to be at the room more and the guy's like you might he's like well I don't think you need a scan I think I think the lymphoma is gone and I was like what but I you know I came out of there real happy but then the next day I'm still thinking you know it's just like I don't know That's I don't know how,
0: if it was cancer and something someone's like I think it's gonna be like wait, wait, wait well wait. Well, There's he, no think here. well they you know yeah.
1: they they don't want to tell you it's right. complete. you know right right cured especially blood cancer you know but
0: it's heavy shit yeah yeah you know Nanette who's in the book mm-hmm. yeah. uh, she's got stage 4 breast cancer and she had it before for
1: a, and and mm-hmm. it I don't want to say I don't like the word beat it like she beat it you know but but
0: she survived yep. and 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 now she's yeah. surviving now I mean I think she's responding she to okay? some medicine I mean she's still in that place but she I mean I was with her yesterday she looks and and says she's feeling good and like you know Yeah, I remember when I read that, I started started
1: crying when I saw that. I was like, fuck, man, this woman's been through so much shit. Yeah.
0: She's just just a beautiful person, man. Yeah. You know? I guess that's the thing is, like, we just got to be able to appreciate each other. You know?
1: Uh, Well, you know how people say, live every day like it's your last. (laughs) And, like, that's, yeah, that would be awesome, but you still think about mundane you know you gotta complain about mundane stuff you know it's just like it would be good just like especially when we make decisions to when we're at the end that we just accept the decisions we made you know and and, and it's oh I should have done this I should have done that like
0: accept them now yeah I did this yeah I yeah let's get dark yeah that's how (laughs) I like it to end just on a dark note Merry Christmas everyone I'm gonna put this out (laughs) before Christmas (laughs) Sorry guys. Sorry guys. Well, uh, look, the thing is 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 you is you came up clean. hmm And you're doing good. You got a beautiful family. It's fucking wicked bass player. Need to
1: take care of the my health. I'm here we go back in. They, they yeah, you gotta take care of health. I yeah. don't and I need to. And yeah. and it's almost like I'm waiting for something bad to happen to where I'm like, Oh, I gotta do it now. But no, I don't wanna wait.
0: I I wanna do it now. Yeah. I wanna live for my kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So, uh, really quick, not to change the subject. No, let's but change the subject. <laughs> Very quickly, <laughs> on a lighter note, uh, December 31st, Devo. S- You'll you be singing. I'll that's be singing. That's fucking awesome. Do you know, uh, are you guys doing like a prayer?
1: No, we're doing mm-hmm. uh, the the first no. two, the hits from the okay, first two. Okay, Yeah.
0: It's like and a prayer, that's hard. It, is it? Oh, yeah. I, like, I was gonna say, the guy that, that played it did a whole thing on youtube during the pandemic so i was gonna say like if you have to play that song you might want to go uh, check it so, shows you
1: i've been like isolating trying to find multi-tracks or doing ai to yeah. isolate the synth ba- you know a lot of it's synth based. Synth. Yeah, yeah yeah and i'm and and, and i like i'm not playing all that you yeah, know like yeah. the keys are next to each other on the synth but on yeah. the bass it's like yeah Yeah. i mean so i just gotta
0: do my own thing on it you yeah sound close yeah no so. Fuck man. It's going to be awesome. Wait, is who's singing that? Leslie. Leslie S- from, Sisson. Yeah, yeah from yeah. Moving Panoramas. Man, I saw Phil play with her oh, doing yeah. the pedal steel. The pedal steel.
1: <sighs> Ooh, fuck, that was great. Dude, that, that dude is, he is a mad scientist of music. He is
0: amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're both, him and anyway, Him and Chris. Yeah. They're great. Um, I won't be there on New Year's, but i will I'll come see you play at some point. Is Gomez not going to do more shows? Uh, you guys, are? I don't know. I don't think we, I ever saw
1: you guys. We had that that for the Curious Mix book release at Parlor. Yeah. We had a just an amazing show, and 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 just so I don't know. I, I kind of don't want to do it again because that one was so good. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, but my high school band, Four Violent People, is playing December 9th at um, Kick Butt. Oh yeah, and that's always fun to do those gigs because the lyrics that we're singing or that I wrote are so bad and so juvenile that it's almost embarrassing to keep singing them, but we have so much fun. So that's gonna be a, that's
0: gonna be a really good time. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of the lyrics to, uh, let's put the X in sex. That's one of my favorite. It like, like a muscle and you make me wanna <laughs> flex, baby, let Oh man, that was a low my point. My love is like a muscle and you make me wanna flex, bro. That's amazing. Dark God, times. that's amazing. <laughs> did they bring in Desmond Child for that? You got to get a professional.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, they did have somebody for, for those. I can't remember. I yes. know he did Heavens on Fire. The thing that trips me out is that they're like writing with like Michael Bolton and Des and Brian Adams. And I think Brian Adams wrote part of War Machine. Yeah,
0: probably. <laughs> he he did a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, Brian I had Adams. no idea. Dude, yeah. um, it's been great having you on. People can find you at chepo dot net.
1: Yeah, that, there's nothing there except my Star Wars loteria game, which you can
0: still order. Yeah, and you're yeah. on you're on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, it's private though. Private I, private. I had to, I had people bothering me. So, and congratulations on, I mean, there, your part in that book. That book was uh, a curious mix of people. Is so fun to read. It,
1: you know, I, I purposefully didn't read any of the pages before uh, because I wanted to read it like a person that was reading it for the first time yeah so entertaining so entertaining so it's 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 been a great i'm so glad that they did all that i mean
0: yeah
1: kudos to those guys yeah
0: and i think it's kind of cool it's like there's such a magical it's funny todd wolfson and i were talking uh a couple of days ago about if all of these scenes that everyone talks about were so great or if everyone was just like in their early 20s and everything's just fucking great when you're in your you know what i mean like i i (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it,
1: it, they were great. They but, were great. But it doesn't. I mean, people now are having their great scenes, you know, yeah. and they're in their twenties. Yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. I mean, we have a different thing now, you know. I mean, we had a great, you know, when when I was playing with David, it was a different scene, and we had a, a great time. But this was like our, our formative years, you know. Yeah. Um. So uh, people complain about nostalgia, but it's it. it i don't know but i have fun going down that the, the nostalgia yeah. lane
0: oh i don't i don't know if it i knew the people in that book almost everyone and i had been in those places and i uh knew about like that Gigi allen show like i worked at whole foods then and remember paul horsley Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. paul and uh and uh chia's sister jennifer jennifer we're like oh uh do you, you didn't go to see Gigi Allen last night and I'm like no what's Gigi Allen And then like they tell me and I was just like who would I what kind of person is this like who is this guy like well you know he's supposed to kill himself but he didn't and you're just like what why are you going to this guy and how much is he charging was he charged like thousand uh, dollars? Like-?
1: I don't think he got paid that much uh, he did go you know, to jail
0: that's, and he did die though right
1: He did die yeah. uh, but of an overdose yeah. not on stage. That was a, that was an amazing experience going to that show. Just terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what it was with that book. Like took me to a place. You could feel it. You were in, it has an energy and and Greg is so great. The intro to every chapter, like tying in everything into boom, you're in this scene. it's fucking awesome there are a few other things
1: coming out there's a back room documentary yeah and um, some those same guys that did the back room are doing a continental club documentary oh Uh, really yeah i love that there's all these things coming out now like yeah and and like i'm not upset that i'm not in the continental club documentary i'm not upset i'm not in you know like in the back room because i didn't participate in those things you know um and if I did, it's not part of, you know, it's still not part of my story. You know, somebody wants to tell their story or a story from the same period. It would still be an interesting, different, it would be different information, you know?
0: Yeah. Um. So everyone should go out and write their own book. Yeah. No, I think, I think that that's, a, that's, I mean, the back room, I'm, I'm excited to see the do- back room document. I'm trying Me to too. get those guys on. Uh. But like, I only, I played there maybe three times or something. Yeah, I never had a good time playing there.
1: But I love the people that did play there. And uh, they like, I can't wait to see it and, yeah. and learn something. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I yeah. think they
0: should do something about Steamboat and kind of that kind of scene. They you know? did. They did. And they just never, I mean, they did. There's photos of actually me and David interviewing. Like, we look like little kids. But it was like in 2000 or something like that. They were. And they never did anything with 99. it? 99. No. I know there's a lot of footage. This guy, Brian Watkins has it.
1: Oh, they gotta. Yeah. They should
0: get that to the archive center. That's... Yeah. Or like, you know, sit down, edit it, maybe do some new interviews about stuff. You know, there's some... That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, everyone's scenes were, I mean, very... Uh... It's weird that all of that stuff was going on at the same time and everyone was doing really well for their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, tons of people got signed out of all of those places. Like...
1: That only a few lasted. Spoon, spoon, spoon came out of that that, that Red River hole yeah. in the wall kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's okay, you know. Yeah. Heart, you know, the, the percentage of bands that stick around, it's, you know, teeny, teeny, teeny tiny. Yeah, and
0: it's not like it's the original members of Spoon. No, it's not yeah. like uh, what's her name on bass, Andy. And stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah.
1: It's just Jim and Jim and Britt.
0: Yeah, still.
1: The Man, fastball is the same, dudes, except for, you know... The, that's just does, does Tony play guitar
0: still? Well, or did he go that, back to bass? He's back to bass. And that's what they were... They've got some things where they do some tracks. They've got some... Uh, they brought in, like, a super world-class keyboard player to do stuff. But then he didn't play guitar and sing and do stuff. And so they brought in, like, a guy that can kind of do a little bit of that stuff. And that was me. And then <laughs> uh, I think there's still... Tony's just trying to figure... I, From what I'm gathering... He's just trying to find the best way to execute the music to make it sound the best. Yeah. It's hard when you're three pieces and you go beyond that later on, you know? He's such a good bass player, too. So good. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they're, they're, they're an amazing band. That was a, a lovely experience. I'll do it any time. It was fun. They're cool. The gigs were fun. Yeah. I had to check all the boxes. Well, maybe when they're, uh,
1: they run out of bass players, they yeah. can give me a call.
0: Well, they—I know. I mean, that's what they were doing for a while. They were getting bass players, and like, and Tony was playing guitar and keyboards. So, yeah. Oh well, Chepo Pena, great talking to you. Great Great having you on the show. I love you, man. I'm very glad that you're alive and well, and uh, and healthy, and you're a dad, and you're still making music. That makes me really happy. Thanks. I've always been a fan of you and your exuberance and your love for what you do. It's it's infectious. It is. Thanks, yeah. John. Love you, man. Love you, Got
2: too.
0: Gang, that was Chepo Peña. Find him at chepo.net. You can see him playing in the Devo Band, singing in the Devo Band this New Year's Eve at Hotel Vegas. Uh, get out there and check it out. Get to Go to Chepo.net and get involved with his music and stuff. He's always doing music stuff. Gomez is out there playing. I wouldn't be surprised if Sincola didn't get up and do some sets around. So, uh, yeah, go to Chepo.net and get involved. I really enjoyed talking to him. I love that dude. He's an amazingly cool guy and such a creative dude. Lovely, lovely hanging out with him. All right, gang, when you're out there checking out Chepo.net, don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you fi- it is that you find podcasts, be it Spotify, tune in overcast all the places man all the places apple podcast you know every tuesday every friday from the from the vault show has been dropping i had cosmo uh cosmo clifford from credence clearwater revival this last saturday go back there and check that out no shit all right thank you for listening to the chepo show thank you chepo for coming on the show have a great week whatever it is you're doing let's get down